This is the Machination Log for June 29, 2016. This is David Paddock, Solo. Sup, webs? It's my birthday yesterday, June 27th. I'm recording this on the 28th, which at some point you would think I would realize that it really doesn't make any sense to tell you when I'm posting this, since you guys know that, and I should just say that it's the 28th right now, but that's neither here nor there. On my birthdays, I don't tend to celebrate the way most people do, where you get a bunch of friends or family together, and you go to a venue, and you do a thing. Instead, I like having a more solemn experience, um, as is my nature. So instead, I spend 12 or 14 hours since I got the day off uh, going back through journals and calendars and just seeing the direction that my life's been going in over the last year and where it makes sense to take it going forward. I also listened back through This Is Water again. For those of you who didn't follow my initial recommendation or who are new enough to the podcast that you're not familiar with it, in which case, thanks for joining us. Uh, This is Water is a commencement speech given by David Foster Wallace, where he dissects the platitude so common in those speeches that the point of an education, specifically liberal arts in the case he was talking about, is to teach you how to think. And he does that by relating it to mundane adult life in the way that all of us will have to experience it when we're not in our euphoric moments in flow doing exactly what we want to do, which comprises a massive fraction of our total time. And his conclusion is that we need to fight our default setting to be self-centered and therefore miserable during these times. Like almost everything DFW ever wrote, it is rhetorically gorgeous, and it's particularly poignant coming from him, given that while he was alive, he was considered one of the greatest, for the lack of a term that more than five of you will have ever used before, postmodern authors of his generation. And it's such an earnest, straightforward thing. I mean, it's got a little bit of his conversational style and a little bit of wink and nod, but for the most part, it is... It's remarkably honest, and I love it. It's only about 24 minutes, and if you have listened to it before, I recommend listening to it again in case you uh, haven't caught that bug. But I tied that together with a lot of the other reminisce that I did, and I concluded by the end of the night that for the next year, and hopefully going forward if the experiment's successful, my goal is going to be to not suffer. At first blush, that objective might sound either completely unfeasible or highly arrogant. But if you take a minute to consider what suffering generally entails, it is almost entirely perspectival. Tragedy happens and pain comes with it. But the way that you view that pain, the way you overcome it, or the way that you walk your way through it, tends to be a matter of attitude. And I'm willing to see if it's possible to minimize what would normally be considered suffering within that definition without becoming a callous monster over the next 365 days. I don't know if it's possible. The one thing I do know, and the thing that led me to this particular experiment, is that the introverted thoughts, which I have detailed to some length already in the introverse. There will be plenty more chapters of that, I guarantee you. Uh, Those little thoughts, it doesn't matter how hard you try to ramrod them out of your head, they don't go away. I mean, I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of mindfulness meditation, and they 
those thoughts will creep up. I will have all of my interactions with other people are going to be littered with those thoughts one way or another. I've never managed to actually suppress them. So the least I can do is attempt to minimize the external effects of those things. The way that you think in an introverted frame of mind is helpful in a number of deliberative scenarios, but that number is not even close to the whole. And I would like to rescue more of those interactions from the brink than I currently do. I want to kill more of those mental loops. And the easiest way, to me, it seems to do that is to identify when those loops are happening and simply proceed as if they are not happening. That's what I mean by suffering. The loops of helplessness that come into play when you think about something too much. And I think about a lot too much. It's one of my favorite pastimes. But that pastime is not always good for me. And it would be nice when it makes sense to act to be able to act. So that is what I'm going to do. The number of ideas for projects and podcasts and videos that I've had over the last year that I was not quite ambitious enough to overcome the initial anxiety of creating them, it's the graveyard is so large and I want to get more of that back. I am more than stable enough in my life at this point not to need that kind of anxiety anchoring my decisions. I don't want to go completely crazy. I think that's its own form of dishonesty that is at least as dangerous. But there are boundaries that I'm putting up that don't need to be there. And they almost all somehow link to that word suffering in my head. If you're still kind of lost about what I mean by suffering in this context, I don't blame you. I'm still trying sort of to figure out what I mean by it. But it feels like the right word, and I think it's going to be the one I stick with into the immediate future and there will be plenty of discussion of it coming up so hopefully i'll flesh it out a little better regardless i'm going to shut up now and let you get back to whatever you were doing good morning everyone